Welcome to Job Sharing and Beyond, the future of work podcast that goes beyond the traditional nine to five. I am Karen Tischler, speaker, consultant, and host of the show, where we hear from global experts every other week to discover innovative solutions and tips on how to remain a relevant employer in the future. Hello, everybody. This is a new type of podcast episode, which I'm adding to my typical weekly podcast episodes. These episodes are basically the audio version of the LinkedIn Live conversations that I will start having with previous and future podcast guests from Job Sharing and Beyond. So today, I talked with Irenke Krone and Nina Prochaska, who were my inaugural podcast guests here on the Job Sharing and Beyond podcast. Irenke and Nina gave an overview of how the pandemic has influenced and impacted job sharing situation, as well as provided practical examples from their work with job sharers as well as top sharers and provided feedback to the interaction with our live audience. But now, without further ado, let's get started. Welcome, Yarenka, and welcome, Nina. It is so great to see you here on LinkedIn Live, and I'm super appreciative that, again, you're my inaugural guests. First, you were my inaugural guest at my podcast, Job Sharing and Beyond, and today you are here at LinkedIn Live to tell our listeners and our watch, um, viewers what is going on with you since we've last talked on the podcast, which was early in the pandemic last year. So welcome to the show. And before, because there might be people here who do not know you yet, we decided we are going to do an introduction a little bit different. We are going according to working out loud, where it is basically we use five facts to introduce ourselves. And I can get started with the five facts. So my five facts are, I am the podcast host of Job Sharing and Beyond. I focus on getting faster to gender equality by having more flexible work available around the world for everybody. I'm a mom. I live in Vancouver, Canada, which is my fourth country I'm living in. And I love black licorice. Now to you, Yarenka, could you share your five facts with our viewers? Karen, it's so good to see you again. Thank you so much for inviting us again. It's a big pleasure to be here. So like you, I'm trying to promote also this kind of model of job and top sharing. And I'm so happy that Nina is here today with me as we are just uh, every day living that kind of model together. And uh, I'm also a mom of three children that are getting very big now and also traveling around. But it's very nice to see that. And also, I have also sometimes dreams like you to, to get out. But I must say what is important for me are all these values, integrity of those models we are supporting. And this is really what I feel. 
Thank you so much. And now to you, Nina. Thank you, Karin, for inviting us and for having us here in the show again. The first fact is I'm the job sharing partner of Yurenka, and it's good you made her speak first because this is a fact she always makes other people speak ahead of her <laughs> and likes to listen. I like to listen to the future, and I see that job sharing is a topic that will become bigger in the future. I live in Switzerland. I'm a mother also of one kid, and I have a passion for the development of rural areas. Thank you so much, Nina. It is so nice to see you both here. And if people are listening to us live right now, maybe you could share where you are viewing us from in the comments that would be really nice so we get an idea where our viewers are from and while people are going to um, type this in let's go back and hear from you guys what has happened since we had the podcast episode which we recorded really early on when the pandemic wasn't really well, it hadn't really started in North America at all really yet. And also Europe, there were only very few cases. So what would you describe the biggest changes you have seen in your area of work since then? Whoever now, would Nina like to start this time. <laughs> yeah, you see, she starts now. <laughs> Every day like this, my day. I think, Karin, one of the biggest challenges that the pandemic has really shown the world that you can work over distances, you can be flexible, you can work or manage better with digital tools. People have increased their competencies. And the exchange also between people working together, between teams has increased also for distance. So people have seen that, yes, being physically apart is a challenge, but you still find ways of making this distance up. And these are all aspects that are extremely important in job sharing. So this is something that has given it really a push to show people that this is something that is possible that you can manage by different ways, keeping in touch, collaborating together, being in contact. And collaboration generally, I think, has increased also. So this is, I would say, the pandemic has really shown people that flexibility is possible and that collaboration over distance is possible. And so for flexible working models, this has been very good. A lot has been also written about you know, what is needed to work together if you work very rationally, you plan a lot, if you have to coordinate, if you have to work creatively. So people have written and thought about it a lot and it has again proven that, you know, you can collaborate over distance, different times of the day. So just this flexibility, I think, has been very important and this increase in acceptance. But Thank you. And for me also, when I, I think back, when we met the first time, Karin, and now, I think there was a big change in the culture also of people, you know, in the in the thoughts of people, the word reinventing, the word transformation, you could see it every day on social media, in, in the news. And I think that helped us so much. 
I had the impression that the last one and a half years, it was like a booming, you know, also the requests we got on top sharing, because suddenly everything was normal. Before, we had always to explain everything. It was like climbing on a mountain and to do something special. Yeah. And now it's just the reverse. They come to us and just ask. So I think that was a very positive change. And the other thing was that we could also coach much more rapidly online. You know, having a session in the morning, then in the afternoon, then again, everything was faster. And yeah. that helped us also a lot. That is really, really interesting. Now, for people out here who might have heard job sharing but might not be familiar with top sharing, could you just give an um, explanation what that exactly is, what the difference is? So I start now. <laughs> <laughs> so the term job sharing means very simply two or more employees are sharing a full-time position and this is important now with a joint responsibility and also interdependent tasks. The word joint responsibility is very important because it's not a job splitting part-timers. It's really having a common vision, a common strategy, working together. And top sharing, this is Nina who will explain what it is. <laughs> the difference. You, you guys top are good. Top sharing is basically a, a, a top sharing of a management position. Nothing else than that. Yeah. So people split the managerial position. And now in our um, conversation in on um, the, the podcast, you gave very interesting examples of who might be job sharing or, you know, what kind of aspects like from intergenerational to intercultural. Could you maybe share a couple of examples that people who are listening in might be not aware about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we have the, the first typical person we think about, and this is a bit sometimes too much, is the mom having different children and trying to get a part-time position, which is very interesting. This is a very important target that we have. And this is a population of people who is really looking for job sharing. But what is good is that we have many other people today looking for such a position. First of all, men. We see more and more men interested in working in top sharing, having a good work-life balance. We see also more and more people becoming slashers. They want to do a job sharing to have an interesting part-time position and next to it, behind, beside it, they're just having an own company, being independent. And then you have all these people who just want to have pleasure, to have a nice hobby, to go out, to work part-time, but to have an interesting position. And also all those people, I would say, who are looking also for a transfer when they are near to the retirement and they're looking for a younger colleague, collaborator who could then in a whole process take over their function. And here in the last months, we got requests pretty often from companies asking us that too, to help in assisting them also in this process, which is very interesting from the knowledge management transfer perspective. I can maybe share two examples, Karin. I yes, currently please. coach. I coach the directors of a social institution with about 100 employees. There are two men, and one of these men has been working inside the institutions. The other man has been working elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So he comes in newly. He's a newcomer, but he has more experience in terms of management. 
So they take over that position. I think this is a good example. And this is something that is also relatively often good accepted because one person already knows the institution. So his node is built a certain confidence. And so the transfer is a bit smaller. Another example is a large Swiss telecom provider where they opened up a position in a job sharing because they wanted to stress the importance of having different experiences for the function. It was a position in HR and diversity, and they didn't only wanted to bring in the usual diversity profile, but they wanted to bring in someone from the business side also to show people that they're very serious and to bring in the way of thinking, the consideration and the concern of the business side into the function. So, so there it, it, this, this, the position became stronger by having a duo occupying it. And it shows very well. So someone came from the business side, someone more from the HR side, how this added up to competencies that were not available in one person. That is so interesting, Nina. And it also brings me to my next question. So if somebody listening to us now says, this is something I really want to do in my organization, I want to try that out, whether this is the business leader or that is somebody who might be a manager, what should they do? How should they go about? Because some people might have... Um, skeptics within the organization what should they mm -hmm. be telling them or what ideas do you have or suggestions <laughs> when they come and when they ask us for assisting them the first question they have always are the costs you know a, a company who is trying to implement job and top sharing has many fears you know so the first question is does it cost more? Is the recruitment more difficult? Is the onboarding more difficult? So all those questions are related to certain fears they have. And we need always time to show you examples because best practices of other companies help them to feel a bit more secure and to say, oh, okay, they did it, so we can also try it. And then we start, we look at their company. They often give us then some cases where they could apply, implement the first job or top sharing. And then we, we look with them if it's good possible, what are the percentage, what is the function. And then we look step by step how we could help them. But it's very important to assist them with the points which are the most sensitive. Also, the information costs, for example, sometimes they're a little bit scared how much time is used between the tandems to inform each other. And they're asking many questions. And what we could also see in the last months, and this is a tremendous change, is the technology. You have now company working on shared points, shared documents. Everybody knows now MS Teams, you know, and they're much more used now to consolidate their information technically and people can work more easily on that. And other companies, there are more standards, more conservative, and they don't have so many tools. And now we see in Switzerland, really different situation of companies. The one who are much more into this technology, they have less, also less fears. They see, they understand it very easily, and they're looking forward, yeah. Thank you. What is Karen also is that People sometimes tend to see the cost at the beginning, and I think this is true. Hiring two persons is more complex. Having two office spaces costs more money. You need two laptops. 
you have two onboardings, you have to pay two times social insurances, etc. So the costs are bigger. I think it's extremely important to invite people to view the model as one of the strategies to increase the flexible working models. This is not about the cost at the beginning, but the idea is also why would you want job sharing? And what benefits as an institution can you gain by having job sharing models? You can see more flexible, you can attract younger people, you can fill a position maybe you could not fill without the job sharing. You need certain competencies in one position, something that is more and more frequent today. So it helps you. So the advantages in the long term, they might, they're in many cases much higher than the expenses in the short term. This is why it's not just about the costs for the next half year, it's the costs for the long term. People also working in a job sharing often are very, very, they stay with the company. They want to stay there over a long time. So we know nothing is more expensive than recruiting new people and having this brain drain. So also there, you know, see it as a model in a strategic way. Think about why you would need to introduce it. What benefits could you gain and then go about it? But it's not about have, wanting to have job sharing. You need to have a reason why you want to have it. And I think you have to spell them out, display them and make yourself strong for them. Thank you so much. These are awesome points. I, I'm just looking into our comments. So we've had a couple of people from Switzerland and from Hoogland. I Is that, I don't know, is that, do you know where that is? I, I no, don't know. Let, no, where is that? Maybe. Mr. Borg, tell us where you are. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing... is in Netherlands. Ah, yeah. oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> has the highest average of part-timers in Europe. Number two is Switzerland. So that's oh, good wow. to have somebody from Holland. Yes. yes. <laughs> so um, now if there are any questions from our audience, please feel free to put them in so we can um, ask Jarenka and Nina. And um, while we wait for people to potentially write in questions, I have one um, question. Could you share a favorite book with our um, viewers? Nina starts. <laughs> <laughs> I read a lot. I have many favorite books. If I look back at the last year, I enjoyed particularly the books of Chimamanda Adichie, which I read Americana and Purple Hibiscus. I also read the Elena Ferranta four books on my brilliant friends, which I also had a very nice time with. So you, Irinka. And my favorite <laughs> book is from Morocco. You can see it here. It's Ben Jeloun. He's a very well-known writer from Morocco, and he got also different prizes for his his capacity of, of writing. And one of his books is La Nuit Sacrée in French and the, the Child Out of the Sand, L'Enfant de Sable. And what is interesting is about diversity because that's the story of a man who has seven girls and his wife is expecting the eight children and they hope to have a boy. But it's a girl who is born and they will hit completely all the identity of this girl and say it's a boy. 
and the whole concept is built up on a lie. And it's very interesting because you see the whole pressure of society and what people have to do sometimes, yeah, to feel better. Wow. <laughs> it's a beautiful book. Well, thank you so much. And what I will do is I will also put the names of the books then later on in the comments for people to um, see this. I see we have a question and Evelyn, hello, Evelyn. Um, she's asking, how can people go strategically about looking for job sharing positions? I think one option is, but there's always many ways of going about something, but one option is definitely to look out for institutions that position themselves as being very advanced in terms of working models they offer and see also what kind of models they offer. Today, often they have very good websites where they write a lot about what they offer, what advantages they have, and to see if they offer a job sharing, if they maybe even have it as a policy to open up every position potentially in a job sharing. So this is one strategy, and maybe Renka can share another strategy. Mm -hmm. And I see it also from the other perspective, when you are looking as an employee to go strategically to look for a job sharing position, you know, mm -hmm. is first of all to find a partner. That's the most difficult at the beginning. And here also you have different options today where you can go ahead and you can look then, okay, who could be my potential partner and where can I apply to? So the both perspective from the employers and from mm -hmm. the employee. So the question of Evelyn is very large, you know, from both sides. Yeah. Yes. And we have also a platform, as you know, we job share. It's a matchmaking platform like Tinder, like Parship to find potential partner. And what you have in it is the possibility to have a complementary partner, a profile of a person who is complementary to you and who is similar to you too. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is and I'm looking at the time and we are coming to the end of our conversation. Time just flies. And it's been so nice to see you guys again and to get an update of what has happened in that over a year time period. Um, is there anything you would like to say as we are you know, signing off to our audience? <laughs> I think we want to thank you, Karin, for having been so enthusiastic and uplifting about the topic. We've tremendously enjoyed having been your guest the first time and the second time. And it's, I think, always nice for us if you see people liking the model, finding it interesting and becoming sort of fans of it. So this is something we thank you. And we also thank you to those who have been with us today for your, for your interest. <laughs> the same like Nina, my biggest work to you, Karen, is thank you. I could follow you during one and a half years, all what you did in Canada, in Vancouver, whole region. And I must say, you can be very, very proud of Emily Pass. It's amazing how many messages, how many posts you're coming, you're bringing out. And I wish you to continue this way. I have the impression Canada will be very, very happy the couple of years to have you as the promoter of job and top sharing in the country. So thank you so much and just continue this way. Well, thank you very, very much for being my guests again on an inaugural basis. I really appreciate it. And it is just so interesting to hear all your insights and your knowledge and to enable people to learn more and 
based on this, if anybody has not had a chance to listen to the full episode, I highly recommend it because you guys shared even more details. And also, as you have said, you know, go to your website and we will put into the, um, um, you know, once it becomes uh, a, a previously live um, post on LinkedIn, we will add all of these links as well. So people who are watching it later have an opportunity to then um, click onto the, the websites. So thank you very much again. And it's been really a pleasure having you here. Thank you, Karina. Thank you so much for listening to our new podcast episode format. If you have additional questions or ideas or thoughts, if you are on LinkedIn, it would be wonderful if you could go over to the episodes um, post and comment about it on there. Additionally, if you would like to find out more about Irenka's and Nina's work, I'm going to put into the show notes the link to our previous episode as well as all the social media handles for Irenka and Nina. And I am very excited that next week we will have a new LinkedIn Live guest. It will be Eva O'Brien, who was my podcast guest a few months ago. So I look forward to having many of you participate in the live show. And if you don't have the opportunity to do so, we will be sure to put it together as a podcast episode afterwards, just like this one. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We hope you gained valuable insights and new ideas. To keep listening to future episodes, please head over to iTunes or your favorite player and subscribe and give it a rating. We would very much appreciate a review and for you to share it on social media so more people can start innovating in how they offer employment. Until the next time, goodbye!